Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Tuesday. It is the 27th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. A bill that would raise the minimum salary for K-12 teachers has been approved on a bipartisan vote in the House Appropriations Committee. But as IPR's Grant Gerlach reports, if it passes in the House, it is not clear how it will be received in the Iowa Senate. The House bill would raise the minimum salary for new teachers to $50,000. It would also budget funding to help schools reach a minimum wage for school support staff of $15 per hour. Representative Heather Matson, a Democrat from Ankeny, says staff such as paraeducators deserve credit for helping keep schools running. They truly do so much critical work in our districts and unfortunately, for any number of reasons, have been left behind in terms of salary and and pay. In the House, teacher pay is separate from a bill that makes changes to area education agencies, but in the Senate, it's all in one, just as it was in the governor's original bill. Representative Carter Nordman of Panora says the House is moving forward on teacher pay, but GOP leaders in the House and Senate will have to work out their differences to reach a final plan. The Iowa House has passed a bill to end requirements for state and local boards and commissions to be gender-balanced. It now heads to the governor's desk for her signature. Republican Representative Jane Bloomingdale of Northwood says the laws are antiquated. This isn't about men. It's not about women. It's about gender balance. It's unnecessary. Gender balance often causes us to eliminate some of the most qualified candidates. And that's the last thing we want to do. Democrats voted against the bill. They say repealing the gender balance law will hurt women's chances of being appointed to positions and will make boards less representative of Iowa's population. Just over 60 percent of local boards and commissions have reached gender parity. Labor union members are calling on the legislature to make Iowa's laws more favorable to unions and working people. IPR's Katarina Sestarek reports they rallied at the State House yesterday, and the wife of a murdered correctional officer says she'll keep fighting for safer working conditions. Sarah McFarland's husband, Robert, was a corrections officer who was murdered by inmates trying to escape from the Anamosa State Prison in March 2021. With a crowd of labor union members behind her, McFarland said her husband was a very proud union member, and she promised him she wouldn't stop fighting until his fellow officers were safe at work. Today, we stand here not just to mourn, but to also demand change and demand it now before one more family gets told the horrific, heartbreaking news that their husband, wife, or loved one isn't coming home. McFarland says Iowa lawmakers should classify corrections officers as public safety workers. That would give them the right to negotiate safety conditions with the state. Other union members and advocates at Monday's rally called for improving workers' compensation and overturning the decades-old so-called right-to-work legislation. A former Northwest Iowa lawmaker has died. Wes Whitehead of Sioux City served five terms in the Iowa House as a Democrat before retiring in 2011. Sioux City Mayor Bob Scott considered him a friend who was very independent at the state house. Probably a representative of the labor people of this community is as good as anybody. He was a great guy when it came to labor and fighting for working people. Whitehead served in the Korean War and later owned a heavy machinery company. He passed away on Thursday at the age of 90. The historic Stagecoach Inn in West Liberty was moved three miles up the road yesterday. It is now on land that's owned by the West Liberty Heritage Foundation and it'll be restored. 
The building along Highway 6 was built in 1841. That's before Iowa became a state. It was once a major social and commercial hub for eastern Iowa and one of the few inns along the trail to Iowa City in the 19th century. The owners of the land where the building had been donated the end to the Heritage Foundation so they could build a new home on the site. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Studies have shown that African-American students who've had at least one black teacher are more likely to enroll in college. In Waterloo, a small team of mostly black instructors is leading an after-school program to sharpen elementary students' literacy skills. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer reports they also want to help students better understand their community's history. For four afternoons every week, the second floor of Waterloo's historic Masonic Temple is flooded with the sounds of shouts and sneakers. These are the 4th and 5th graders attending the 1619 Freedom School's after-school literacy program for Waterloo's black students. It was founded in 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic when elementary teacher Sharita Stokes noticed an alarming trend in her remote learning curriculum. I had like 24 students in my class that year and 9 would log on daily. And I was just concerned with, you know, the achievement gap in reading, especially with African-American students, has always been huge. That gap is compounded by the fact that the Iowa school system stops teaching literacy skills after the fourth grade, meaning that students who aren't already on par with their peers will often fall further behind. Stokes's hunch was that the gap could be narrowed by engaging her students with stories that reflected their own history, experiences, and skin color. She calls it authentic reading. It uses positive images of African-Americans who teach the kids reading, and so we know that history is important to learn. And for some reason, kids really like learning about old stuff. (laughs) They really enjoy it. It's true if test scores are any indication. In the Freedom School's first year alone, the program's fifth graders improved their state literacy scores by about 30 percentage points. The school has since grown to about 50 enrolled students and 10 volunteer teachers, most of whom are also African-American. Gary Crawford is one of those instructors. He's a fifth grade teacher by day and has been with the school since it began. Crawford grew up in Waterloo. He says in addition to improved literacy, he's hoping the program will make his students more aware of their community's history than he was. As a kid, when I was their age, they didn't tell me any of that stuff. So now that I have some of that knowledge, I'm really honored to be able to share that with them so they can get out into the, you know, in the neighborhoods and they can see some of these like buildings. So far, that's exactly what's been happening. The students are thinking Howard, not Harvard, and parents are hearing less about Buffalo Bill and more about the Buffalo Soldiers. After he started going to Freedom School, he became way more curious about Black history and the lived experience of African Americans versus the lived experience of other Americans. That's Cam Turner, whose son Case was a member of last year's 1619 class. His state literacy scores last year were second across all fourth graders city wide. Turner says even now, in Case's fifth grade year, her son is still seeking library books centering on black history and figures. 
She credits the visibility of black faculty at the school with her son's academic success and continued curiosity. That type of exposure and that type of inclusion just opened their brains up to other possibilities. Like, this is absolutely something that I can do. And so it's that kind of stuff that's priceless. According to one Johns Hopkins study, African-American students who've had at least one black teacher by the third grade are 13 percent more likely to enroll in college. Having at least one black teacher also reduces black low income students' dropout rates by 29 percent. It's those kind of numbers that have brought the 1619 Freedom School to the attention of the Waterloo Community Schools. The program has just partnered with the district over the past year. The partnership so far has inspired the district to take a closer look at representation in its elementary curriculum, according to Jennifer Hartman, elementary education director for the district. We want kids to see a reflection of themselves in the books that they read. We've really Uh, made a concerted effort to make sure that we have great quality literature and they can see kids that look just like them. Hartman adds that with a focus on implementing some of the Freedom School's teaching ideas at the elementary level, literacy scores have risen nearly seven points across the district's fourth and fifth grades. By continuing this really concerted effort where we're all working on the same skills, we're really pulling in the science of reading and how to help kids to code, all sorts of resources that we have not used in the past. We're seeing some great dividends pay off. The 1619 program and the Waterloo Community School District are working even more closely together with spring testing nearly underway, which seems interrupted only by daydreams of upcoming summer camps. In Waterloo, I'm Grant Leo Winterer, IPR News. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.